All God's people said, what a blessing. If you have your Bibles, turn to James chapter 1. I've changed my message five times during this time. <clears throat> you know something, As I locked, I'm glad you showed that video, by the way, because I'm just going to close. The title of this message is in closing, so we're just going to close. Uh, what I thought about while I was watching those smiles and all the fun is that I want to tell you something. Don't ever forget this. You don't have to sin to have fun. You don't have to hang around sinners to be cool. You can still be a kid. You don't have to grow up so quick and have fun because you're going to have a long time that you're going to be old like me, older. And you have a long time to be serious and a long time to get a career. What you need to do now is enjoy the Lord. And I believe they did that, don't you? Amen. What a blessing. I got one problem. I think the whole church are going to, is going to want to go next year. And I don't know how we're going to get them on the bus. Amen. But anyway, James chapter 1, I want to just introduce the message I'll be preaching next Sunday morning on first fruits. And that's really the theme of James. And this morning I preached on fathers of light, the father of light, how God is so faithful. And I believe this will help the young people and help us as parents and and mentors and, and members of the church to help these young people maintain what happened at this retreat. I've been on several hundred, not hundreds, probably several retreats all my life. As a youth pastor, we went on retreats. We had a young man get saved on Thursday night and die on Sunday when we got back. I accidentally shot himself with a shotgun and preached his funeral on Tuesday. I was glad he got saved on that Thursday night. It was a Thursday night service, like, you know, I'd never been in before. And this young man, Randall Foy, 12 years old, got saved. You know, I've seen a lot of people get called to preach up at Sand Mountain. But, you know, I've seen a lot of people also get over it. And I pray these young people will not get over it. I hope we don't get over it. I think they've inspired us and helped us and encouraged us is that uh, uh, God's presence is more fun and more joyful and more exciting than anything the world could ever try to lure us into. And it goes right along with the Scripture. The Bible says, Let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted. James chapter 1, verse 13. With evil neither tempt ye any man, but every man is tempted when he's drawn away with his own lust and enticed. There's that drawn away. I guarantee you, and some probably have already fallen, just probably couldn't make it tonight or something. They've been drawn away. They've been drawn away. The devil is a, is a lure. He's, he's an enticer. He's a deceiver. And he wants to uh, talk you out of the uh, commitment, Ben, and Blaine, and all of you ladies that said you feel like you might be called to missions. He wants to talk you out of it. As Blaine testified this morning, he woke up and said, what in the world have I done? <laughs> Amen. I said the same thing the day after I surrendered. But I want to tell you something. It's worth it. It's worth serving the Lord because we're drawn away. We need each other. And it says entice. Then listen to this. And so this is all, I want to just make this point. And I'll be very brief. It'll be shockingly brief. It says, then when lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it's finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren, 
Now here it is what I want, to, I, want to, I want you to be appreciative of. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights. Remember this morning, the Father of lights means that it's pure light. It's powerful light. It's a light that uh, is pleasant. And God's, God, hey listen, if you didn't smile during some of that today, you just determined to be sad. So you might as well just go ahead and be it the rest of your life. I don't think anything is going to ever make you happy unless you get right with God. Amen? That's, that's joy. That's joy. Unspeakable. That's, that's, that's just good, clean joy. But I want to tell you something. It's pleasant when we're in the lights of God. And we're over. Uh, he's, he's our creator and we're yielded. And then look at this. And then this, I'm just going to read, read this phrase, give you what this means and we'll go. I promise you. It says, he's the father of lights in whom there's no variableness, neither shadow turning of his own will. Begat he us with the word of truth that we should be the kind of first fruits of his creatures. We're the first fruits. I didn't say the fruit cake, cakes, and we're not fruity, and we're not fruit loops. We're the first fruits. Amen? And you know, the world thinks we're, I guarantee you the average Kuhan Luke that would come in here would say that is a bunch of nonsense and that's a bunch of immature kids. But I want to tell you something, inside his little coolness, he is miserable. He is flat out miserable. And folks, I want to tell you something, these kids, are, these children, these young people are not miserable. They're excited about the Lord. Let's don't throw cold water on it. Amen? Let's remain excited. Now I was going to preach on Father's Day, but that just got tabled. But I just want to preach just a few minutes on be the first fruits. Let's pray. Father, thank you. For this wonderful night. It's just thrilled my soul and, and encouraged me so much, God, to know that these young people met with you this week. They didn't just meet with Philip and Tracy and, and Brother Justin. Uh, Lord, they, they met with God. And God, it's, it's changed their life. And they'll never be the same. And we're so thankful that you allowed them to meet with you. And Lord, we thank you, dear God, that now we're called to be consistent called to be controlled by your spirit we're called to go forth from here and maintain the fire that God's put in our soul by daily yielding to you and we'll praise you and thank you for what you do in Jesus name amen this morning I preached on fathers fathers ought to be ones that have a crown and that's children that live for God there's no greater joy than your children live for God then your class lives for God then your youth brother Jason lives for God no greater joy Knowing that, and that really in 3 John chapter 4, that doesn't refer to physical children, that re refers to spiritual children. There's no greater joy when somebody continues. There'll be no greater joy that next year you're still excited about the Lord. Next week you're still excited about the Lord. And next Sunday you come back to Sunday school. That, there's no greater joy to a leader, to a, to a mentor, to a, a spiritual leader than that you're, you're consistent and faithful and controlled by the Spirit of God. And the Father ought to be controlled by his, the Spirit. And that's that temptation, drawn away by our own lust. But I want you to see also that a Father ought to be consistent, but we ought to be consistent. And folks, there's pure light, powerful light, persistent light, pleasant, productive light. It's all God, and we're called to realize that He is the God of all blessings. And I want to close with just saying this. Then He challenges us, as we look to God as the Father of all lights, and that means He's the Father of all creation, in whom there's no variableness nor shadow of turning, that every good and perfect gift 
uh, is from God, that we ought to be consistent in a few things. Number one, we ought to be consistent in thankfulness. You ought to thank God. And I'll tell you how you'll get over this retreat if you're not careful. You'll forget to be thankful for what God said to you, what God taught you. Thankful for each other. You'll start split, splattering, and splinting. You'll start having clicks, clacks, and clitters. Uh, splitters, uh, uh, critters, uh, splitters, uh, and you'll start get letting the flesh get in, and you'll be drawn away by all the things that really don't matter, folks. We need to realize that God's called us to be thankful. It says every gift cometh from above. Then number two, it's consistency and truthfulness. Verse eighteen, the Bible says, "Of His own will begot He us through the word of what truth." Thank God for the truth. And folks, I want to tell you something. We ought to be. We ought to trust each other, trust God with every day of our life. And I want to say this. We can have revival in the valley as well as the mountaintop. We can have valley as we retreat with the Lord every day, as we camp out with Him every moment. And folks, I believe one of the greatest blessings these children could have is that they would go home and they would be encouraged by you, the parents. And that you would, you would, you would say, hey, listen, let's be consistent on this. Let's don't fall out of church. Let's not stop right reading our Bible. Let's just be consistent and let's trust God. I know, I'll never forget when Jason was just a little boy, we had this game that we played, and he probably forgot it, but I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget it or I would have forgot it. But he liked to get up on the car and jump into my arms. And you know something? He trusted me. I didn't say, well, have at it. You know, <laughs> splat. No, uh, he, he, he trusted me, and, and he would get up on the car and jump, and I'd grab him. One time I missed, and he went, he went to the emergency room. But, uh, uh, but he was getting in the car. I let him get in the car wrong, uh, diving face first. But um, uh, he trusted me, and it was wonderful to be trusted. And it was wonderful that somebody trusted me with their very life. And I want to tell you something. God is honored when you trust Him. God is pleased when you trust Him. And when you put your whole weight, that's the word belief, your whole being in God's hands, and you, there's no variableness of turning, He's trustworthy, He's faithful, so therefore we ought to be faithful. But last but not least, I see something else we ought to be consistent about, and that's our consecration. Look at the word first fruits just a second. When I, when I read that, I said, what is that? Be a kind of first fruits. Now I just want to give you the introduction, just a sentence, and we're going. The first fruit sheave offering was this. It was when they'd go to the temple on the day after the Passover, Sabbath, and, and, and no part of the harvest was permitted to be used for food until after this acknowledgement that all came from God, that all belonged to God. And so they would literally take the first fruits of the harvest. They'd take the first. They'd just take. They'd just take the first fruits. I hope I don't get in trouble. The first fruits of the harvest, and they would take it to the to the uh, to the priests, and they'd offer those first fruits, pledging, consecrating, dedicating all that God blessed them with. In this beautiful, uh, bless them with, as a, as 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 God is the Creator. God is the sustainer, God is the provider, and I'm offering these first fruits, and I pledge the rest of the harvest is coming. Now I want to tell you something, the Lord Jesus Christ was the first fruit of the resurrection, and on the very day that offering was to be offered, guess what? He came out of the grave, amen? He was the first fruits. 
And because He overcame death, hell, and the grave, we can overcome uh, death, hell, and the grave. And He consecrated Himself, dedicated Himself as the first fruits. And you're the rest of the fruits. Amen. No, the first fruits. And that the rest of the harvest is promised. And the rest of the harvest belongs to God. And folks, listen to me. God did not save you to sit on your blessed assurance. God didn't save you just to have a ticket to heaven. God didn't save you just to uh, be co uh, uh, complacent and be blessed and be getting. He saved you to consecrate your life as an offering saying, dear God, I'm not my own. I belong to you. And dear Lord, I consecrate my life to you. When the priest consecrated his life, he, they had an unusual, I mean unusual uh, offering, brother. They would take the blood of a lamb and put it on their big ear, big ear, the lobe of their ear. And they put the blood on the big toe, that's what I meant to say, amen. And they put their blood on the Right thumb, saying, my will's no longer my own. My walk's no longer my own. My mind's no longer my own. I am called to be a priest, and you're called to be a royal priest. And thank God, friend, we need to consecrate our mind to the Lord. We need to consecrate our will to the Lord. We need to consecrate our travels to the Lord, our pleasures to the Lord. All that we have, God wants us to be the first fruit. He wants us to not be just hearers of the word. He wants us not just have faith without words, Trey, but words that prove that you have faith. And He wants you to be real Christians. Let's pray. Father, use this message. Thank you, dear Lord, for just that word, first fruit. God, thank you that we didn't save us just to fool around. You didn't just save us to feel good. You didn't just save us to go to heaven. I got my ticket to heaven. God, you saved us to be the first fruits of His creatures. The pledge, the promise, the sample, the consecration, inwardly, everything that we have. Outwardly, obedience and faith. A pledge, a promise. An example. Lord, help us. Help these young people. All hell will break out against them. The parents probably won't understand, some of them. Brothers and sisters, neighbors won't understand. And God, my prayer is that you put a hedge around them. But God, that when they are made fun of, ridiculed, looked at kind of oddly, that they got so excited about your presence. God, they'll realize that they're not called to please them. They're called to please you. And they're called to be the first fruits of your creation.